Let's get back to a working verse. What do I mean by a working verse? Well, if you have someone that works for you, they take a burden off of you. They do a job you cannot do. And so when you consider verses in the Bible that work for you, they do think, it tells you how to do things that either you didn't know how to do or you can't do. And I'm just going to go through the Bible and in this series point out to you some verses that have helped me to live a more full and complete and satisfying life. Life is hard, and I think it's hard to read the Bible and, and do what it says because it goes against the old sin nature. Not only does it go against the old sin nature, but it goes against the culture in which we have to live. Never have I seen such hate and fighting and abuse of people as I see now. I've always been one to keep up with the news. I love watching the news every day. I'm interested, but I just can hardly do it anymore because it's just so unpleasant to see people so angry and so hostile. They just cannot get along. And so today I want to talk to you about a verse in the book of James, or several verses in the book of James. And at first it, it seems unbelievable that God would say, My brethren, in James 1 verse 2, who is brethren? That's believers. Don't expect non-believers to respond this way. They, number one, can't understand what the Bible has to say because the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals it to them. And number two, they're not going to want to do it anyway because they're living according to the flesh. And so what do we expect of people that really don't know the truth or have the power or the provision to understand it? But James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. Divers means different, diverse. Are you kidding? Count it joy when I fall into temptation? Well, that's what he says. Now we have to remember what joy is. If you think joy is just la la, happy, happy, let's go have a party, well, you're not educated as to the real meaning. The meaning of joy is the knowledge that you will possess something good. And so when temptation befalls us, if we resist it, we get stronger. When we refuse to do the things that we know God has told us not to, then our faith grows and we get strong in resisting it. And that is a very good thing. But the next verse says, you have to know that the trying of your faith works patience. I don't know that there's a person in the world that doesn't need more patience. I certainly do. And I had someone tell me a long time ago, be careful if you pray for patience. Because if you pray for patience, you'll have to wait and nobody wants to wait. People get so hostile on the highway and in the grocery store. Everyone's in a hurry. And it's hard on your physical being to be always anxious and impatient and uptight about the environment in which you work. And we all need patience. And so when temptation comes your way, 
and you by the power of the Holy Spirit say, I'm not going to do that. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's enjoying it. But God says it's wrong, and I'm not going to do it. Then you develop patience. And then patience will have her perfect work in verse 4. Can you believe that it says you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing? Well, that just seems impossible. But to be content where you are is one of the greatest blessings in life. Because people that are never content are never satisfied. They always want more. They always want better. They always have to have a plan. They can never just sit down and just stare at the sky. I learned that the hard way. It's just healthy and helpful to just sit down and don't do anything. But in the hurried world in which we live, that's not the way we, we conduct our day. And then the next verse, verse 5, says, If you lack wisdom, ask of God. He gives it to all men liberally. He upbraideth not, and it will be given unto you. Let's remind ourselves again of what wisdom is. Wisdom is a result of acting on knowledge. Knowledge is gaining information. When you have the right information and you put it to use in your daily life and the decisions you make, you become a very wise person. I've met a lot of people in my life that have a lot of information. But they make dumb, stupid decisions. And it seems they're always in trouble or in conflict or things are never going right for them. And so if you want to be a wise person, then you gain knowledge as you study God's Word, remembering that that's where you find truth. I think I've shared with you before, there are only two sources of truth in the world. There's revelation and there's research. And research is good in some areas. Scientific research, medical research, research in agriculture, all those things are good. And men devote their lives to research different phases of our life. But when man starts to research human behavior and their findings conflict with the Bible, then it can be very dangerous. And so you need to go to the Bible to understand human behavior. And God tells us exactly what to do, how to do it, what's right, and what's wrong. And we have to learn not to be influenced by the culture, not to be influenced by the situation around us. And when we do this, then we become wise. And God is happy to give you wisdom. But wisdom results from letting him teach you, and then you apply it. But you have to ask in faith. Nothing wavering. You know what wavering is? It's like the ocean. The waves roll in and go into the beach and then the waves come. 
if you're wavering, you're one way today and you're another way tomorrow, and you you never have a stable, sound footing. And so you have to ask in faith. What is faith? Believe in what you don't see. So you pray, God, teach me, and then make me aware of the temptations that befall me that I should resist so that I can become strong. He that waves it wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. Really? If you're wavering, you don't receive anything from the Lord. That's what it says. I didn't say it. God said it. He had James write it down so that you and I could read it and so that we could understand it. And then the key verse to me in James chapter 1 is verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What does double-minded mean? Well, double means two. So you have two minds. You have a mind that follows the world, and you have a mind that follows God. And when it pleases you, and is convenient and comfortable, then you choose to do what God tells you to. But if, if you think you might not fit in, or if you think you might lose a friend, then you choose to go the way of the world so that you don't get criticized, or you don't get left out. And that's a double-minded man. And you know, it says you're unstable in all your ways. I've struggled many years as a believer in Jesus Christ. And my struggle has been wanting to please the world and those I know, and wanting to please God. And then one day I came to a resolution. I can't be controlled by what people think of me. That is putting yourself in a prison. You're constantly criticizing yourself. What did you say? How did you say it? What did they hear? Do they like you? Do they think you're bad? It doesn't matter what people think of you. What matters is what God thinks of you. And I came to the resolution that if God is pleased with my life, that means my the innermost being, it means the thoughts of my heart, mine and the intents of my heart. If God is pleased with that, then why do I care what other people think of me? And once you make that decision, you're let out of prison. And you're free to concentrate on your obedience to Him. And then you can know that the trying of your faith works patience. And you can count it all joy. Because you know that what's happening to you, God has allowed. It's going to turn out for your good if you continue to live your life by faith in the facts found in His Word. Thank you for listening, share it with a friend, and God bless you.